everyone, and welcome to Game Club, the show where we put the games back in games and junk. I am your host, John Lucero, and joining me today is... Vanessa Cahill. <laughs> and Jason Ariola. Yes. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about games on this site, and... Uh, Felt like we should make six months now. Yeah, and we feel like it should be a more regular thing on the when the site's first word is games. So, yeah, and we decided to make it a little more digestible of a podcast for everyone. That way, it's easier for us to put out and easier for you to listen to. To get it started, we are doing the Disney Classic Games Collection, which features 1993's Aladdin and 1994's Lion King. Uh, And our own Vanessa Cahill made made our game pick this uh episode vanessa can you please enlighten us as to why you uh uh did this to us (laughs) right why why did i put us through this well every once in a while i like to go into the sale section of the switch (laughs) and uh (laughs) while browsing through that i was like oh how much pain do i want to be in do i want to hate my life yes i do and that's why i picked this collection (laughs) in all seriousness no like really like when you when you saw this like what what drove you to like oh this is what i want um, I think probably, I mean, I remember enjoying the games. Um, I think the last time I played The Lion King, I downloaded like a ROM in college on my laptop. And so um, mm. I've never actually beaten either of them. And now at least I can say I've beaten one. Uh, so part of it was like, I think I can do this now that I'm a functional adult on my Switch. <laughs> yeah, I had never played these before. Actually, I played Lion King a little bit before, I think. I'm pretty sure I had. But yeah, this was my first time experiencing this, and uh, lucky for me, I missed the sale for uh, <laughs> for this uh, collection and paid full Girl, price. Same, <laughs> paid full price. Uh, so I was curious. It is thirty dollars for uh, these <laughs> these, uh, these games. Well, before we get into our personal feelings on this uh, lovely collection of games, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are going to uh, take a little trip to the lab where Professor Ariola has been hard at work uh, doing what he does best, and that's researching a lot of random facts about video games. Uh, Jason, can you hit us with that knowledge we need and probably don't need, but it will be fun to hear, <laughs> it will be, it will be fun to hear regardless. It is going to be uh, a lot of you don't need. So, <laughs> All right, so initially this collection released October 12, 2019. Prior to that, though, these t- two games had actually released on good old games, and I believe Steam separately, or if not together, but not with this collection banner thing on them. I think in 2017, maybe, or even 16, it's been a few years. I think I was out with my hip surgery when that had happened, but it ended up coming out for the Switch, the version we all played, and then October 28th, the PS4, October 29th, for the Xbox One and the PC. We'll go over the original developers a little bit later on, but I kind of wanted to go over some of the... People who like worked on this collection specifically before we started doing uh, the avalanche of info on each of these games I dug up. If you uh, guys are ready and strapped in and uh, prepared for the uh, diatribe of information I am about to uh, spew upon you. The hardcore history waiting. episode <laughs> for, <laughs> for Disney Classic Games I've been, I've, I've, been, I've been so excited ever since I knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't know if that's sarcasm or not, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take it as not and just run with it. <laughs> I feel excited about this. I like after watching the developers talk briefly in the Aladdin collection, I was thinking like, oh, I cannot wait for whatever tidbits Jason is going to come up with. <laughs> well, it's more than tidbits, unfortunately. I think I have a <laughs> uh, uh, seven course uh, buffet here for us, but mm-hmm. let's get started. Mm-hmm. All right. So Digital Eclipse was a developer on the collection. If you're unfamiliar with who they are, they've kind of been around for quite a while. They started out as Digital Eclipse in 1992 and became Backbone Entertainment in 2003 after a merger. 
during that era in their lives, they made a let's say, a few questionable parts of retro games. Um, at this point in their history, their work wasn't looked upon too kindly with XBLA and PSN ports uh, that had some color and aspect ratio issues and kind of lacked a lot of extra features. They were a little bit anemic. These were things that their biggest competitor in that field, M2, was and kind of still is known for nailing spot on. If you go and look at any of these Sega Ages game, there is just a plethora of bonuses in those games. Thankfully, Digital Eclipse has kind of turned ship and fixed that a little bit there. So, anyway, uh, 2015, a group of employees left Backbone to form Other Ocean, and then they bought the rights to uh, Digital Eclipse's name and then revived the studio. Now they're almost like a Western version of M2 in that sense. They're very meticulous in making sure their works are as accurate as possible, including aspect ratios, colorization, and stuff like that. And as we saw in this collection here, are jam-packed with extras. I know the guy personally from 1UP, uh, but having Frank Cifaldi, he, he's also been on Retronauts quite a bit, and he's also one of the founding members of the Video Game History Foundation, works for Digital Eclipse as sort of a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, sort of a contractor, basically, who assists with the area that I kind of do for our podcast, where making sure everything's accurate, you get as much information of these things crammed as possible. Uh, he also has a site called Lost Levels, which is huge in getting unreleased games out into the open, basically. They think they haven't updated since, like, 2013, maybe? But you know, pretty much everything that was unreleased that he was sort of the driving force behind getting out there is uh, one of them. So, anyway, uh, the Retro's compilations that they've worked on in this new era are the Mega Man Legacy Collection, Disney Afternoon Collection, which I wish we had did instead, uh, <laughs> SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, and their most recent collection, the Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection. All good collections, I'll say. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yet we chose this one. Yeah, thanks, Ness. Appreciate <laughs> I already that. Owned, I already owned like two of those also. <laughs> uh, I actually own every single one of them except the Samurai Showdown one already, so that's great. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, if you guys want to go, we'll move on to like what's included into this thing as far as Aladdin, and then we'll move on to Lion King. Of course, Jason. Hit us with that knowledge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have multiple versions of the Genesis release, including the North American version, the Final Cut version. I'll get into the specifics of each one of these here in a little while. The demo version of the game and the Japanese version. Uh, there was a planned release for the Sega CD that uh, really didn't seem to get too far along past the preliminary planning phases. It was kind of mentioned that they would see how the Genesis version sold before they started kind of working on it. In the end, Virgin stopped whatever work they had done on it to move on to Jungle Book, which uh, seems like a really solid choice there. But, you know. <laughs> <sighs> so by that time, the person largely in charge of the game, David Perry, had left the company, so the Sega CD version had little chance of coming out. And there is a prototype ROM uh, that's kind of made its way on the internet that's largely incomplete, but you can kind of see what they were going for with a bunch of new levels and the colors look a little bit different, but also I'm sure because it's Sega CD, they uh, forced some clips in there that, uh, you know, were like the size of a postage stamp on your 13-inch uh, TV. 100%, yes. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Virgin Interactive, the studio itself is probably best known for its licensed games. They tended to spend a lot of effort on how the games looked and moved, which led to some rather impressive-looking titles. On a personal note here, their games looked really nice. I always kind of found it hard to distinguish where a platform edge started and stopped, including uh, character hitboxes, stuff like that. It's just, yeah. Hit detection... Like I mentioned now, is this something I felt like they could always use a little more work on? In the hands of an expert, I think their games look like they're amazing platformers, but give it to somebody like us who aren't really, like, you know, knowledgeable in the ways of the game backwards and forwards, and they kind of feel a little uh, imprecise at times, maybe, is the right word I'm looking for. Yeah, we could definitely get more into that <laughs> in a little I, bit. I, yeah. I don't know. 
guys speak for yourselves. I am an expert <laughs> at these games. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? Um, I I request a uh, speed run of this from you then, without uh, without the use of save states or rewinding then. Right. I definitely. <laughs> Definitely could do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I figured. All right. So Virgin got a huge boom when developing the game by having actual 10 Disney animators help work on the game animation itself, adding to why this version looks as good as it does. They approached Disney about making the game using a technique called Digicel, which is much like blast processing, sort of a uh, bullshit buzzword sort of thing. Digicel is basically scanning in pencil drawings and then making the game assets over them. So... It's kind of why it looks as good as it does and flows as well as it does, even if it's a maybe, again, personal aside here, a little over animated. Yes, it, it's it's beautiful. I'm gonna, I mean, for yeah. especially for the time it came out, like, but mm-hmm. that came it came at a cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. But uh, we, can, you can, we can keep going. So David Perry, who was the game's programmer, project director, and created the animation engine for the game, would go on to be one of the founding members of Shiny Entertainment, who's best-known work is Earthworm Jim, which is kind of unfortunate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he was one of the founding members of Gaikai. Do you guys remember when Sony make a big to-do about uh, purchasing them? Uh, I don't. Okay. That was like kind of when PlayStation 4 was launching. They were talking about Gaikai and having purchased them and their streaming technology, and I think that was what led to like PlayStation Now, sort of. Great. <laughs> now yeah. is a better service than it used to be. But. Yeah, yeah, worked out real well. All right, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, he's more or less out of the industry these days. Um, as far as the music goes, Donald Griffin and Tommy Tellerico handle the music and sound of the game. The two of them have worked on quite a few projects together, but Tellerico is definitely the more well-known of the, out of the two of them. Tommy seems to have uh, stopped working on games directly in 2010 and has since founded the Game Audio Network Guild, otherwise known as Gang. So, yeah. <laughs> a, a non-profit group aiming to bring more awareness about audio and games, which I can appreciate. Mm. I just wish they had found a better acronym. I mean, it really fits his whole vibe because he was wearing an Affliction t-shirt during the interviews on, uh, on the Aladdin stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. He very much looks like that guy from, uh, um, what is it, the Tiger King. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. So definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely has a little bit of that vibe going on for him. I mean, he doesn't seem like a raging douchebag, but he definitely, um, let's say, uh, waves the flag around and uh, uh, dresses in the uniform. <laughs> so. <sighs> All right. Anyway, so onto the versions of the game itself that are included on this. So the Genesis version uh, was originally released November 11th, 1993 in North America and Europe, and then in Japan on November 12th. Uh, near as I can dig up, there aren't any differences between the re- region releases, save for the European one, which had its uh, music speed optimized for PAL, but not the gameplay speed. So if you try to speed it up there to match, the music kind of gets a little mm, barbly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, The final cut, which is kind of a director's cut in a way, there's a bunch of additions that were added by Digital Eclipse after consulting with some of the members of the original development team. It's mostly minor stuff, graphical flourishes, like, I don't know if you guys looked into this at all, but there's like a sword flash when two swords collide that isn't in the uh, standard release. Different boss patterns to make them a little bit more interesting rather than stand in one spot and just jump and keep chucking apples. They actually change up the patterns a little bit, so you have to do some moving around after a little bit. Sometimes it's yeah. new bonus areas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that too. God. Yeah, sometimes you can just duck and sit there and uh, swing your sword at that guy with knives and then he never touches you. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Anyway. <laughs> 
So the demo version is a trade show version that was shown at the Chicago CES show in 1993. Uh, there's a, a lot of big differences between it and the final version. The level two music music uses something from the Jungle Book and was changed for the final release. The Genie Lamp stage is completely different, going for more like vertical traversal instead of the left to right. There are also some graphical elements that were changed for the final release. Throughout the demo, there are different enemies, pencil tests of enemies, and the checkpoint marker is a different version that ended up in the final game. There was a genie cheerleader that would come up with the Sega logo that was a little, um, let's say, shall we say, buxom and bouncy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she, he's a, he, she uh, is in the movie. So that's like... Yeah, standard. yeah. The only thing I could think of is uh, I, I don't see an issue with it coming into as far as the collection goes for like ESRB ratings, but I think they didn't uh, put it in there just because of the complete lack of branding from either Sega or Nintendo in this collection. So <laughs> I'm sure that's why it didn't make it in there. But yeah, in the prison level, there was a prisoner trying to saw off his chains that was cut from the final version of the game. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <dark. laughs> it actually was the beginning of Saw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also included in the collection is the Game Boy version, which is basically a parsed down, worse controlling, uh, and much shittier frame rate oh uh, God, version of the Genesis rate. game. Oh my God. Oh, it is terrible. <laughs> it's, it's unplayable. Yeah. It's, uh, it, yeah. it is unplayable. It was the worst experience of all of this. I'm <laughs> just saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right, so the Game Boy version was released October 1995 and was later ported to the Game Boy Color in November 2000. That's right, November 2000, an Aladdin game came out on the Game Boy Color. What a weird, wild world we live wow. in sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> so if you played the Game Boy version um, on the Super Game Boy, it was one of the games that you would get a special border for, but of course that wasn't included in this because of uh, branding things, I would imagine. I don't know why. It's kind of unfortunate that they didn't include that. But anyway, uh, the Game Boy version was made by NMS Software LTD. Uh, prior to them liquidating in March of 1999, they had worked on a couple of other ports of console and computer games to kind of handheld, basically. I guess the more notable ones were F-15 Strike Eagle for the Game Gear. Uh, stay with me, guys. I know that's not notable. <laughs> Star Wars for the Game Boy, okay. Robocop versus the Terminator for the Master okay. System and Game Gear, and I'm assuming either the Game Gear or Game Boy versions of Cool Spot, another version interactive game. So that is all I've got on Aladdin, which is, uh, you know, no no small amount of information there. That's a bit. Did you guys, yeah. play, did you guys uh, play the demo version? I did not. No, I did not, actually. You should go back and play it. I died right away. It's very hard. <laughs> Maybe it's just but, me. But it, like, well, yeah, yeah, it, try, even trying, it killed me immediately. <laughs> I mean, in the extras, they were talking about how the kids were... It was too hard for the kids... Uh, the original versions they had, so maybe that's what you got. Was the was the impenetrably hard Aladdin? Oh my god, it was so hard. Yeah, I, it was cool to look because they still have some like unfinished um, like animations in there. Like there's like the, the people who throw pots at you because this is the only level I saw. The people who throw pots at you, like they're still mm. like lines basically. Yeah, those are the yeah those are the pencil drawings they basically scanned or the pencil tests they scanned in. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but also I died immediately. Would you say it was a whole new world? I would say it was a whole new world, yes. I'd classify it as that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, before we get into a trademark trouble here <laughs> with that. <laughs> All right, so in the collection uh, for The Lion King, if we're ready to move on. Sorry, oh, I didn't even ask. I think so. Uh, Vanessa, do you have any, more, you have any specific um, questions about the Aladdin development cycle and history? No questions. I thought it was pretty cute, though, like watching the extras. Like uh, The developers like, well, we had a style guide, but we decided just to do it by how we felt. Oh, yeah, there you go. I really, I really enjoy those developers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that is the one bit of thing like I didn't get into in the collection, just kind of lack of time, I suppose, on my part. I felt like I spent a good few hours doing research on multiple, multiple sites. I suppose I should actually kind of cite my work here. So I went through Moby Games, Sega Retro, HG101, The Cutting Room Floor, and Wikipedia, of course, that fountain of uh, truth and knowledge and everything above there. So there's another site that I got. Was it? Was it SMS? Yeah, it was SMS Power, which is a site that's dedicated to mostly Master System and some Game Gear stuff, basically. So I kind of got a little bit of information out of them from that. So, so yeah, I, I definitely did some legwork on this. <laughs> and, I mean, you're you're showing your work well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was incredibly informative. <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's anything you want to know about these games, I've got it here, and I'm going to spit it out, and might as well this way. Nobody ever has to think about it again after this. Yeah, that's, what we're, that's what we're here already. for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as far as The Lion King goes, uh, we got the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, the Game Boy, and Game Boy Color versions. The Genesis version was released November 1994 in Europe, December 8th, 1994 in North America, and December 9th, 1994 in Japan. Now, the Super Dance version released October 1994 in North America, in, in Europe, November 8th, 1994, and Japan, November 9th, 1994. And finally... The version for the Game Boy that came out in 1994 uh, was released in North America. The color version we got uh, is not the Game Boy color version, so I misspoke there. It is just a palette from the Super Game Boy, so no special border on that one either. Now, the original developer for the console version was Westwood. Uh, If you're unfamiliar, uh, or maybe if you are familiar, yes, Westwood, the studio that is responsible for Command & Conquer. You can really see the lineage. (laughs) You get the shine through from Lion King to Command & Conquer. Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, if it does seem like a bit of an odd fit, uh, they did develop some action games and adventure-type games prior to the creation of Command & Conquer, so while they're best known for that series, they did have an extensive history of kind of platformer, adventurer-type stuff too prior to that. There are two kind of more notable people who worked on the console versions. First was Lewis Castle, uh, who was the producer, who had a hand in a ton of Westwood games prior to The Lion King, Blade Runner and Dragon Strike probably being the two more notable ones. And second, Seth Mendelssohn was the lead designer. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> uh, he also worked on the Genesis version of Aladdin as one of the level designers, so you can kind of see a little bit of a uh, um, you know line through on that one, I suppose. Yeah, there's some definite similarities in level design. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Game Boy version was released uh, either November 1994 or April of 1995 in North America. I'm kind of getting conflicting dates there from Wikipedia and the cutting room floor, so I just figured I was like, I yeah, will just go with both. Who knows? Maybe it was intended to release November and came out in April or somewhere in between. Who knows? Who cares, really? <laughs> <sighs> and there's no real specific date on Moby Games either, so that didn't help. Uh, and then December 8th, 1994 came out in Europe. It was developed by Dark Technologies, who only worked on two other games aside from this, which are uh, Porky Pig's Haunted Holiday in 1995 and Alien Olympics in 1994. Apparently, whatever Dark Technology they used wasn't enough to keep them alive for very long. (laughs) 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 So most of the credits for that version were people who didn't really do too much in the industry outside of Neil Young. I don't know about you two, but I had no idea Neil Young moonlighted as a video game producer. (laughs) anyway sorry guys i had to throw in some kind of humor because at this point it was a lot of dry dry information i was like kind of putting on the uh, page here for myself Uh, so this neil young was involved in the producer role in one form or another of dozens of other games including surprise the genesis version of aladdin are we starting to see some of the through line here maybe a little bit yeah
So there we go. That is my uh, that is my info dump, if you will. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Professor. Uh, I'll let you get back to your uh, busy schedule of looking up <laughs> random facts about things all the time. Yes, uh, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yes, uh, that was pretty great, actually. I enjoyed I enjoyed all of that. And uh, but now it is time to actually talk about these games and. I'll start us off here. I want to start off positively. These games, especially Aladdin, uh, look very, very good. They are the animation is pretty incredible for uh, for a game that is almost thirty years old now. Yeah. Uh, is it older than you? Are these games is. older than you? Aladdin is older than me. Whoa! Lion, Lion, crazy. King, is not, <laughs> Lion King is not older than me, but Aladdin is. But uh, the uh, and. I think Lion King looks a little worse personally. I I, I think I could I feel like I can tell the difference in studios that worked on them, and also I feel like and I don't know if you noticed uh, in the thing, but the Aladdin was made in 99 days. Yeah, three quarters the cycle um, of the normal like development time basically that they normally would give a game or a studio for yes. that time. And I feel like they did the same thing to Lion King just be to just because they wanted to get Aladdin out with the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. on, v- on VHS. Uh, Lion King came out day and day with the the film and theaters, I believe. Uh, so yeah, they look really nice. They're very lovingly animated. You can tell they they cared about that. And the collection itself, the trappings around the game, I think are really nice too. There's a lot of great features. The rewind feature, which is pretty, which has become pretty common in, in these kind of collections. I think the watch in play is, really, is a really cool feature too, especially that it lets you jump in where they're at in the playthrough. I think that's really awesome. Uh, the museum for Aladdin more so than Lion King is really cool. There's some really good development documentaries in there, good art stuff. The documentary for Aladdin got the people in a more in more recent interviews. <laughs> the you know more <laughs> it felt like more of an actual retrospective on Aladdin as opposed to the Lion King stuff, which just felt like it was a bunch of E three promo stuff <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it, was, it just it felt like was. they probably yeah, were like no. we should add something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably uh, reading P- off uh, PRQ cards. It seems like yeah, in a lot of ways it feels like this is the Aladdin. Uh, re- collection and they're like, oh, this is we can't charge thirty dollars for this. <laughs> they threw Lion King in there too because people like that game a lot too. Uh, now I, I have to ask, if we had thrown in the Super Nintendo and the uh, Game Boy Advance version of Aladdin onto this collection, would you have paid thirty dollars for just Aladdin if you had had all of the different iterations of Aladdin basically in one shot? Nah, I don't think I would have. Either, no, but, hey, you know, I don't either. Something to consider. But uh, so yeah, it sort of feels like Lion King's tacked onto this thing in a, in a way. But overall, I think it's a really great, like, loving collection of these two games. I think the, the people that put it together really cared about what they were about these. Uh, and we're proud of these two things. All that being said, these games play like ass. Yeah, these games <laughs> suck so like, bad. They are... Oh, man. Uh, I think Aladdin is at its best in the Agrabah section at the beginning. I think it's the least frustrating in the early parts of, the, of that game. The, uh, I feel like there's, yeah. there's way less... If, I don't remember, actually, any specific uh, incident deaths in the beginning of the, uh, of the game. It does have a thing I've never really liked in platformers, which is a lot of verticality in the levels. Uh, I prefer like a more straight shot and with actual platforming as opposed to just making your way up a level. I mean, you can really see the Earthworm Jim lineage and that in uh, coming through uh, in the future in, yeah. in the Aladdin level design. And you can also see it in the jump animation as well, yes. which is nearly the same jump animation, yes. which is not good. And Earthworm Jim suffers from the same thing of being overly animated and feeling like shit. 
because of because of it. Uh, yeah, but then like the once you get to, I think I mean even the, I think the dungeon level is really poorly laid out. Even though it's not too hard, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a mess. It is a, such yes. a mess. Yeah. And then you get to the Cave of Wonders, and I feel like the the game just nosedives at the Cave of Wonders. It's just like because <laughs> like uh, Vanessa had been playing it before we were, and she mentioned the Cave of Wonders, and I when I got there, I'm like, okay, this is the one that's this is the hard one, <laughs> and I immediately fell in the water and died uh, because of like I didn't I the game didn't the game's not really good about teaching you mechanics before like punishing you for not knowing mechanics it's uh it's like oh this this uh these platforms now drop out immediately as soon as you land on them and also there's an enemy attacking you at the same time right and how about like the rocks you're like walking along you're like oh fuck i just got smashed by a rock that's instant Mm -hmm. death and why would i why would i know that (laughs) yes it's like and the game is really bad about like Getting across, uh, getting, and Lion King's really bad about it too. Of uh, they never really explain anything to you. I mean, I didn't even know like some features they added into the game until I had already finished Aladdin. I didn't know there was a rewind feature until I was already playing Lion King <laughs> oh, and accidentally okay. uh, pressed the button because I was trying to figure out Any how to. Bit of frustration. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how because in Lion King you're supposed you're sprint. There's like apparently a way to like sprint and like attack while you're sprinting. What? Uh, because. Uh, I would watch the playthrough because I was like, I can't get past this part because you're like running from a boulder, but there's an enemy that gets in your way, and I can't. And the enemy stops you just enough to where you can't, you you literally can't survive. Like the boulder gets you every time if you touch the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched the playthrough, and the guy like does like a spin attack of some sort, uh, or like like it's an attack with a out of the run animation, and that's how you do it. And I could not for the life of I did it once, and was and still it could not replicate it any, any other time afterwards. Uh, yeah, I think in Lion King, on the, on, uh, on, while talking about Lion King, I think Lion King suffers the opposite of Aladdin, where I think the front half of Lion King is the worst part of Lion King. I think the back, yes. the back half is a little more tolerable. It's, yes. it, it becomes a, it's a little more standard action platformer. The beginning of Lion King is fucking, it's a real fuck you. Insufferable? <laughs> oh my god, that game is a, it, a, it hates you. <laughs> the game hates it, you. It does hate you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, yeah, I the I just can't wait to be king level can go die in a fire as far as I'm concerned. That level is atrocious. That's one with the monkeys. The, yeah, uh, yes. yeah, that one. Oh, the the mechanic for first of all, it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't explain how you know you you have to go to the monkeys and have them throw you in different directions. Um, it, and, the title is Roar at the Monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Roar at the Monkeys. Yeah. It kind of literally explains it to you the first the first second of that stage. Oh, my bad. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, my bad. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, that makes it any better. The stage still sucks. Oh, but no, yeah, it, I, I, I correct. I told you how to do it. I just without paying attention because I was probably irritated with the game at that point in time. Yeah, you uh, understand why. Throw, throw your controller out. So my fault. It, uh, but the whole that whole section still sucks ass. The ostrich part sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and these games have one of my least favorite things. Not only do they have a life system, which you know was pretty common back then, and so platformers were, which is fine. And it has checkpointing, very spread out checkpoints also. But uh, it has checkpointing, but it also has limited continues, which is one of my least favorite things. I hate limited continues because that's just like, did these games have passwords, Jason? Before, before they put them in the in this collection, they was, they had to have had passwords, right? I don't think so. Uh, I think you just died. One of them. <laughs> one of them did or am i oh no no i don't think they did i think the one that did was actually the super nintendo version so, yeah, the genesis so, ones you just couldn't be because you, you would just die 
So you had to start yeah. over every time. Uh-huh. You never win. Uh-huh. You never win. Good lord. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. I feel like I've been talking a lot. We can. I can. I can <laughs> uh, add more if we go. But if anyone else wants to uh, chime in with some thoughts of their own, I would. I would love to hear them. Oh my god, so many thoughts. So many. Like yeah. So things I like. I like how they look. Um, they bring back a lot of good nostalgia and also bad nostalgia. I originally played this on yeah. the, um, the Genesis is handheld thing, the, the nomad. Um, so I've got great memories oh, okay. of like driving in the back of, or, you know, in the back of my parents' car, like being angry with my nomad that takes like eight batteries for each hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That thing is a battery hog and a half. Yeah. So like, that's why I'm so still so thrilled about the switch because this wonderful handheld device, it's not like taking eight batteries for every hour I play it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm responsible for ruining the environment, guys. Climate change is my fault. <laughs> you blame Sega for that one. I Between that and the Sega. game, Gear, they were just out of uh, they were just out of their minds with just batteriness. That's assholes. Yeah, though, um, but it was good. I like this game. I think it's incredibly hard. I don't think it's supposed. Like, I feel like you're just not supposed to beat it, and that's just <laughs> the, the world we live in. Is like this game is just not supposed to be beat. <laughs> right. See, this comes from sort of the development mindset of games from that era were they needed to be too difficult to beat in a rental basically and i feel like the genesis one really really kind of hammered that one home that you are not really meant to be able to beat this in a weekend you need to get get good at it basically over the course of a month two months or whatever to be able to beat it even then my personal opinion is it doesn't control well enough that i feel like i could ever reliably pull off most of the stuff it was asking me to do and there were so many, like, just leaps of faith you had to sort of take in, in spots that I just did not feel comfortable doing. I just the over-animation, I would sometimes have a hard time figuring out where I am. And then when you would get close enough to an enemy for a sword fight, it just literally felt like, okay, well, I just swing my sword at it until it <laughs> dies. And occasionally, I'll get hit, too, in the process. It, I, I do not like the sword fighting in this. And that's why I've never really been a big fan of the Genesis version, save for its look, just because... It always felt like that edgy um, Sega advertising campaign come to life where it's like, hey, look, Aladdin's got a fucking sword in this one, dudes. That's cooler than that's cooler than catapulting off of uh, off the enemies in uh, in the Super Nintendo. You know, that little bitch version. You want to play that one? Go ahead. It's just kind of how I feel this game comes across a lot of the times. Never mind that throwing the apples uh, is actually the more useful weapon in the game because it does just as much damage as the sword, and you don't need to be right on top of an enemy to do so. It's yeah, shocking. How they make, why they make the apples limited. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, it's so upsetting. Yeah. Well, the apples are limited in the Super Nintendo version, too, except you, like I said, I, I don't want to talk about the Super Nintendo version too much because we're talking specifically about this collection, but... I played the Genesis version of this game, jeez, oh, it had to be like maybe late 90s, early 2000s when I got myself a Genesis, and like retroactively kind of purchased the, the Aladdin game, and I always like got this sort of, you know, oh, the Genesis has got the Aladdin with a sword in it, so it's cooler, so I played it, and I got about 30 minutes into it, and I just was like, I don't like this game, maybe I just outgrew Aladdin, because you know, I was like 18, and I was like, let me pop in the Super Nintendo version of Aladdin, and I still enjoyed that one. So it definitely wasn't that I outgrew Aladdin. It was just I had outgrown shitty platformers that looked nice. Yeah, this game sucks. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the leap of face thing you mentioned, I think, is at its worst. And uh, the escape level, which is, I think, all leaps of faith, because you literally, yeah. you, I don't think you can ever, you 
can't see the platform you're jumping at uh, at least half the time. And uh, it's a lot of uh, trial and error to get through that level, which is not a good design for a game that has limited continues. And which, le- which, which level were we on? Escape level? The escape is the one uh, with the lava. Uh, you have to, cave of, the, the Cave of Wonders? The, one, the, the post-Cave of Wonders, yeah. The, yeah, the second, the second half of Cave of Wonders, yeah, basically. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and there's like a... There's like a, a you have to grab stalactites at one point to climb up, and I don't remember. I, it's it's very hard to tell you. I did it on accident when it happened. Like, yes, because he just started climbing. I'm like, what am I climbing? It's like, oh, I guess I can climb these. Uh, oh my god, this game. That is one of my major complaints with this development style. That reminds me very much of like UK um, like platformers, where they're I guess very well animated. They look really nice, but they're so busy and it's hard to tell what's foreground what's background what's a like what part of the platform you're actually touching or is touchable versus like what's just the background and it's just there for it to look pretty i can't tell you how many times like i accidentally grabbed onto like something like that and you're like oh okay that's great it there's just so so little telegraphing what you need to do sometimes and that frustrates the hell out of me yeah the boss fights in uh, Aladdin, are I mean the first? Yeah, the first <laughs> the, one is the, incre- the first one's incredibly easy. Uh, the one where you can just spam the knife throwing guy. You just walk. I just, yeah. I just walk up to him and hit him a bunch until. Uh, and then, but then after that, they're all based around throwing apples at, at uh, the enemies. Uh-huh. And the lovingly animated enemies tend to be kind of hard to hit sometimes, uh, while also spamming you with their attacks constantly. Uh, yes. The, I, I'm pretty sure I beat every one of them by just tanking damage and chucking apples at them. <laughs> so I just decided to beat most of them, especially the Iago fight with the. Oh my god, that's so stupid! Why the hell could you use a sword against Iago? Sir, I, I tried. I tried. You run up to him and swing a sword. Doesn't work. Doesn't. Nope. Once it has ghosts, far in the background. That stupid ghost that go- attacks you constantly. Oh my god. God, it's just like it really shows how little time they had to, to put this thing out because I feel like there's there need to be more play tests around this stuff. Yeah, it's really like they were in the extras. They were really championing how this was a big step for licensed games. And it, it was. But it also was probably a big reason for why licensed games uh, got such short development cycles afterwards. Also, because, oh, we can just pump this out and people are going to buy the shit out of it. And I just think it had a, more of a negative than a positive in the, in the end for a very long time. Yeah, something I did fail to mention in the notes is that this is the third best-selling Genesis game with like four and a half million copies sold. Whoa, that's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This game did very well for itself. So that that I can definitely see your point there, John, where people were like, oh, well, they crapped out this game very, very quickly to meet a, you know, a, a set date and time. And then it just sort of really caused a lot of bad or licensed games to kind of come out after that. I mean, granted, there's always been bad licensed games, but it just this seemed to be like, hey, there's there's a kernel of good in this. It's just it's just not there, man. Yeah, it's like you looking at it in motion. It's just man, this looks really good. Watching Aladdin run, that looks really good. That looks like it looks yeah. pretty damn close to the to the movie, honestly, for for a video game. And uh, but but then you just do anything in it. It's you, you hit hit detections impossible to tell sometimes. The invincibility frames are hard to read. The final boss, Vanessa, what are your thoughts on Jafar? <laughs> I have so many thoughts. He's impossible to fight because you have to use apples. 
So the problem with, with the final boss of Jafar is like, you know, you're going along your way, you're in Jafar's palace, it's great, there's a, a save checkpoint, like, right before you see him, but every time you die, they take away all your apples, and you, you literally cannot hit him with your sword. He's like, Yago, like, no. for some reason, apples are effective against a giant snake, but a sword is not. No. Giant, and that was, giant so, snake. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's supposed to be a giant snake. In the game, it's, uh, you know, maybe, uh, like, a head bigger than you and that's about it yeah, he's a watch, thing, you know. I, I watched three with a handheld aladdin uh he doesn't turn into a snake in the handheld one. Oh, really yeah they probably couldn't manage that in the handheld. Uh, he actually didn't attack the hand he actually didn't attack him at all while he was playing in the handheld one he just oh my spammed God. him he just spam locked him and never never took any damage oh. uh, yeah the so won that one <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, I don't know. You would have had to have gotten that far. That's true. I could I, the, the handled ones. Oh my gosh! I played the Lion King one, and then I was like, I'm not even gonna do Aladdin. <laughs> I, I, I made it about. Um, I would say like six screens into uh, the. Uh, handheld version of the Lion King and then I was constantly getting stuck trying to jump yeah. uh-huh. and the ledges above me and I was like okay you know what this this is horseshit I'm just going to watch a like a playthrough of this thing that's included there the watch mode and I was I that was how I ended up getting through that I just I could not be bothered to watch that yeah, yeah I, I couldn't I couldn't even get up, get to, like past the first level because I couldn't get up the right ledge <laughs> I, I gave up 30 seconds in I was like the first jump was like oh this sucks <laughs> I'm not doing this yeah. and then I watched it is it. awful yeah yeah uh, if you watch the end of it, at the end of the base game Lion King, you throw Jafar off the uh, off the ledge into the fire. Um, Mufasa? And... Scar, you mean. Scar, Scar. I said Scar, right? What'd I say? You said Jafar. No, you said, you said Jafar. Oh, Jafar, Scar. Jafar and Scar. Sorry, uh, sorry I apologize. I okay. Scar is a much, yeah. much a better villain than Jafar. But uh, actually, maybe I'm thinking of the regular version. But I just remember a really funny thing, a, re- a really funny mechanic in that... If you throw him from the oh no in the yeah the Game Boy one if you hit, if you do once you do enough damage to him he slowly walks over and like he's getting into position for it and then yes, falls yes. off the edge <laughs> it's like it's like he's getting into his, his like stage right position uh, it's like all right and it's my cue and then he jumps off the edge. <laughs> it's um, okay, guys, I'm ready for you this. know that that was one thing I actually did appreciate about the Game Boy version just watching it. Um, was seen that they made that kind of segment a lot less bullshit, whereas if you didn't know you were supposed to throw Scar off the edge there, you could literally be sitting there hitting Scar for eternity I've and done that. never I've, make it I've done progress. that before in my previous gameplays. Like, I have made it to Scar once, and, like, why would I know? Like, I've seen the movie. I should know this, I guess, but, like, why would it be this way? <laughs> I remembered in the movie eventually, like, oh, right, he gets thrown off. Maybe I can... Mm-hmm. I think I also... Asked, I did the mall thing, and it did a throw, sort of. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe you have to do this. It's, it's been a while. You're like, you because you, it just lets you hit him for a long time. Like you, you run, you fight Jafar a lot at the end in that last level, and it's kind. Of, I scar. Is that Jafar again? Scar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about Aladdin this whole time. Generic uh, Disney villain. Yeah, now it's it's Lion King's turn. Um, <laughs> to get shit on, basically. Yeah. The the scar fight just wailing on him over and over again, and then he eventually leaves, and I just felt it really unclear about. Uh, how much you have to do each time? It felt like it felt inconsistent. Yeah. The, again, I said the back half is the better half of Lion King, mostly because it's there's a lot less bullshit platforming in the back half. It's mostly just um, action. <laughs> Say, uh, 
but it was still like it would it, was, it wasn't particularly engaging action though it's mostly just spamming the attack button on to like on those weird cat what are the cat things what were those things that we were fighting i don't I remember those from the Jag- movie jaguars or something yeah yeah, yeah that's they're not in the movie Okay, just making sure. I was like, maybe this is like some one-off thing that was in the movie for a little bit that they just turned to it an entire enemy <laughs> throughout the, throughout the game. Uh, yeah, and there was like an area where they keep spawning out of, and I didn't understand that you just had to keep. I kept I killed like a bunch of them. Like, oh, they just keep spawning. I guess I guess I just gotta keep going. It's like, oh no, you're supposed to literally you're supposed to kill them until it stops. Okay, I guess that's how that works. But to the first half of Lion King, like I said, that the first half hates you there is so much bad platforming in the first half of that game the the waterfall is like horseshit the, the waterfall is like legendary for how horseshit it is and it yes. really is, like it is really hard to tell if you're making any progress on that at all <laughs> it's like yeah it's it's complicated you make no progress until you are finished basically yeah i was like oh i'm done i guess i that was a nightmare if i didn't have that rewind feature i would have never gotten past this I would like to say I did beat this back in the day on the Super Nintendo, just straight up the way you're supposed to beat it. And I don't feel particularly uh, proud of that, uh, having gone back and played it now. I'm like, oh, this game is not so great. Like, I, I, I think it was maybe the visuals, like, maybe stood out for me a little bit in my head that that's why I liked this, maybe. But, yeah, coming back to it now, I, I did not like The Lion King and the way it felt at all. I mean, great accomplishment, though, that you beat it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. I'm pretty um, proud of myself for reading it this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have beat it without the rewind or the or the watch and play feature. Where just yeah, if, to... I, if I couldn't save a million times and start wherever I wanted, I would not beat this game. Yeah, I, I got through it um, through save scumming myself on this side. There was no way I was going to be able to finish this thing the way I used to, you know, when I was a kid. I, those kid reflexes are gone. Uh, so. I would have gotten to the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin and quit, and I would have gotten to the second level of Lion King and quit. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the can't wait to be king level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess other positives. I think the music's pretty good at capturing the movie music. It's very loopy, but I mean it does. It is the movie music in a in a cart. So there there is that. I don't know what your guys' opinions on the music were, Jason. I know you're the piggiest here when it comes to video game music so i i didn't mind it it's you know it it didn't really stand out one way or the other and you know i'm gonna say the uh, super nintendo version of the of the lion king i think that game's music's a little bit better than the genesis one just because the genesis sound chip is a little bit more of a harsh kind of synth sound to it so i think the super nintendo's like fake orchestral stuff does a little bit more justice Mm -hmm. to that soundtrack okay what were your thoughts vanessa um, it wasn't bad. I like um, I like the Disney songs anyway. The loops did get to me. I feel like it's funny to me because they like made some new songs for I think Aladdin. Like there are a couple of songs that like aren't in the movie or you know they're not part of this collection of this movie. So it's like interesting that they like just didn't throw in like another song that we love instead of just making up whatever. <laughs> yes. but, but whatever Disney, like do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I should mention that the soundtracks are all available in the game. Like you can play them all individually, which is pretty standard for these collections at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I don't know about you guys. I, I put my uh, switch in my pocket and listen to music that way. <laughs> yeah, that's how I love to listen to music. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a way to listen to the smash brothers soundtrack, which is like a thousand tracks and they have them all in there. So that's a cool feature, but just put it on iTunes and charge me like 50 bucks and I'll buy it. Okay. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I had uh, I had a comment to make at the end there, but <laughs> I've lost it. So uh, cool. we can move on to. Uh, Sorry, oh. I just I just pulled my Simba uh, there out of there. Out of there. Oh, <laughs> cool. 
cool. I hope you like Simba saying cool because he says it. He says it a lot. Oh my god! After a while, it's not cool. Yeah, it's never. It's never cool. (laughs) A lot. So we talked about a lot of frustrating moments. Do we have any standout moments uh, in these games? Anything that you're like, this was actually cool, or I liked what they were going for here. Um, I I guess like um, I think like the 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 stampede level of Lion King is a bitch. But also, it's yes. kind of cool. The oh, that's running at the screen at you. The crap yeah, it's like, um, and that's another. That's yeah, that's another level where it's like if I didn't know what I was doing, I would never beat this level because I have to memorize this. <laughs> they, at least they tell you which direction to go in. I guess mostly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're the Game Boy version. I don't know if you guys uh, got around to watching that much. Is an overhead perspective thing, so it's a little bit more manageable. I feel. Yeah, it looked it looked just, uh, much more enjoyable to me playing like that. Uh, I, it didn't have the stupid ass question mark that would pop up. It's like I don't know which I don't know which way you should go. Figure it out. <laughs> it's like oh, you're dead. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that question mark yeah. is basically a big just middle finger showing yeah. up in the middle of these because it happens too in the. In the Magic Carpet Escape oh, in Atlanta. That one's an instant death. Like in Lion King, it's not instant death if you hit those things? Or is it? I think it's just... It's, yeah. not. it's not. It's not instant no, death. No, you can take a... Yeah, yeah, you can trip up a couple of times. Yeah, but the Aladdin one, you're dead. It's just cut to black. You're dead. Yeah. Mm. So that's frustrating also. Standout moments. I do... I'll, it's not really a moment, but I think I did a good job of like capturing the movies for the most part. Like the key moments yeah. in the movies uh, and turning them into levels. Yeah. Uh, I think Aladdin yeah, skipped a, out a little pretty more. sizable chunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I feel like they did like the first 20 minutes of that movie. And like, oh, sh- oh shit. Uh, <laughs> the end of the game. We've, yeah, we've got three weeks left to finish this thing now. Fuck a duck. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Wrap. Yeah, it was cute in one of the bonus segments. They were like, I guess they did some like um, testing with kids. And like, they were like, well, how, do we need to add more story? And like all of the kids just like mashed on the button to move forward because they were like, well, I, I don't care about the story. <laughs> uh, I've seen, they've seen, they've seen Aladdin. They know. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I don't really like, give me the game. I don't want to play this. I want to see the story. Yeah. yeah. It, it like skips from like the cave of wonders and the escape to now you're fighting Jafar essentially. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It skips the love story essentially in the game in the movie. Uh, no no in action in that, in that love story. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> And Lion King, uh, I think it did a more a better job of like following the following the actual arc of the movie, but with the levels. Yeah. Um, and, find, and actually, I think the way they handled like the hyena stuff was interesting. At least uh, at the end when he gets swarmed by hyenas, I think they actually kind of capture that moment a bit as, well, as best they can in a game of the scope. <laughs> it was funny in the development thing. The dude was super proud of the fact they had the. Uh, the elephant graveyard, the skull of the elephant in the elephant graveyard. He's like, they're going to see the skull and then they're going to be like, man, I'm in the elephant graveyard. Like it's in the movie. <laughs> like there was like three different clips where he mentioned the, the fucking skull in the elephant, elephant graveyard. He was very proud of it. It is a very cool skull. <laughs> it's iconic. It is iconic. And they did a good job. It was rendered very well or painted really well or whatever really well. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll get, I'll say those things, uh, some of those kind words about the game. Uh, Jason, did you have any? <laughs> um, <laughs> eh, not really, honestly. Yeah. So, as far as Aladdin goes, I did appreciate the little, um, you know, other Disney nods they threw in, um, even in the genie's lamp, where there's the Genesis and the, uh, you know, the the old TV sitting there in in his lamp. I thought that was kind of a cool touch. As far as these two games go, I really don't have much nice to say about them. But as the collection itself goes, which is sort of what we're talking about, I think this is 
a brilliantly put together collection. Just I don't feel like the material was really worthy of the effort. Yes. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go around pick your. I want your most frustrating moment from each game. One one Oof. moment each game. What what broke you in each game? Uh, Jason, you start. Uh, remembering the uh, scar fight in Lion King that I had to throw him after throwing him and throwing him and throwing him and throwing him, <laughs> that he had to go th- get thrown off a cliff. I was like, what the hell am I going to be doing this? <laughs> and then, then I remember I had to throw him off a cliff. And I was like, oh, and then like three seconds later, he was dead. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. You made it pretty far. Yeah. You made it to the end of the game, so I think that's a, that's a, it's a pretty good praise, honestly. <laughs> uh, what about Aladdin? Aladdin, uh, the part that broke me was probably the Cave of Wonders and the um, just blind leaps of faith there. I I hate that in video games. Unless you make me do a blind leap and then give me plenty of room for an error, I, I don't want them in the game. Yeah, a blind, <laughs> a blind leap should feel cool, not terror, not like a pun, not like it should be a punishment. Like it's like yeah, not like oh shit, I'm gonna lose one of my lives here, aren't I? Vanessa, frustrating um, moment from each game. Your most frustrating moment from each game. The bats. <laughs> oh, the bat. Not not that Castlevania has a bat pissed me off so much as like it has in these games. Oh my gosh, it's the worst. When I was like, you know, I'm like sitting there like ready to like smash my switch in half at um the fire level of the Lion King, and I was like, you're saying the fire keys aren't obnoxious. <laughs> so I've never been angrier at bats, but I guess I have. Um, yeah, the bats, and then like all the environmental damage. It's like if I'm getting burnt because of this like why can't that mysterious jaguar also be burnt because of this <laughs> or the rocks falling randomly out of the thing oh my gosh or the lightning streaks or like yeah so it's like the environmental stuff which is really obnoxious the bats were unnecessary <laughs> the the geyser part at the end of lion king where you that have to like stupid. That, uh, how does anyone figure that out like i have no like, you're supposed to run around till they get covered and it's just like i don't i feel like there's nothing to do other than just run around till they, yeah. till they get covered it's not it, there's nothing to tell you that's what happens it's like you're running around like what do i do my i'm attacking this like wall that looks like i can't kind of break it but you can't no. uh, and then you get geysered into the sky at the end like that famous lion king scene where <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember we all remember that part yeah, yeah. Uh, i will say uh lion king was real quick it was the ostrich section of i can't wait to be king i'm like oh my god no fuck this uh and I think because I had already been broken by Aladdin that I had less pa- way less patience for Lion King. Uh, and then Aladdin, uh, the Cave of Wonders, definitely. But I think the the genie's lamp, which was the was that the that was the next level after yeah. Cave of Wonders. That was I a think, very obnoxious. Yes. Level. I think when I figured out the the mechanic of you have to jump repeatedly in the blue stuff to to move, I was like, this is awful this is the this is the the actual worst thing i've ever done and those uh blind leaps onto those hands that also shrink uh (laughs) you have to like blind (sighs) into and hope they are the right size when you land on them okay and uh yeah that's 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 uh my piece (laughs) on those moments um we'll uh Move on to our last segment here before we close it out. We are starting a Q&A segment for this show. Uh, we will post generally at least a day before we record these episodes uh, to give people time if they want to respond with a question or comment. And we did it. We did actually get one. And it was from Awario, uh, Canto- Goblin Butler, sorry, Goblin <laughs> Butler on, uh, on Twitter. Well, Goblin Butler asks, 
the age-old question regarding Aladdin. Which is, which is your favorite version of that game, and why is it the SNES version? <laughs> uh, I'll answer first. I have to state first that I have never played the SNES version. I did watch a side-by-side comparison. Uh, to, and I will say, without having played it, that the SNES version is the better version of these two games. <laughs> it looked yes. like a game I, could, I would probably have a decent enough time playing. It was an actual platformer. With, and it was made by Capcom, which is, if you haven't listened to these before, is my favorite developer. So that's a, also a point in his favor. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with the SNES version. And uh, I, I know Jason's answer. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa? Um, I haven't played it either, but based on how much I hate the other game, it's probably the SNES version. <laughs> <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair. I haven't even seen it, but I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that game sucks. You you got a you got very brief uh, glimpses of it um, when I was sending them to you guys when I hooked up the uh, my Super Nintendo back to up to my old uh, CRT that I've got in my uh, kind of spare bedroom slash uh, wife's office basically. Spare Jason statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I hooked it up and yeah I actually played through a couple of levels and it made me really really sad that they couldn't figure out a way to get Capcom's uh, version of this on there. Uh, Capcom also well. Capcom developed that one, and it, that was also ported to the uh, Game Boy Advance at some point, which I feel like probably would have been a very good fit, even with a couple less buttons. But the, I think the reason I like the Super Nintendo version so much is it feels a little bit more realistic, I guess, to Aladdin's theme, where Aladdin doesn't hold a sword, but for three seconds in the movie... The Genesis version like took that and was just ran with it the whole game. Like, fuck yeah, look at this. Aladdin's got a sword, bro. <laughs> the Super Nintendo version really, really kind of doubled down on the, um, I don't know what we would have called it, just the acrobatic uh, Aladdin. You know, him bouncing off people and kind of running away and, you know, using the environment, I guess the parkour aspect of Aladdin, and really made a game of that, which is much more accurate to what Aladdin is. I mean, they even had a... The a whole new world magic carpet right in there is a bonus stage, which I thought was a nice touch. And the there's a password system in there, so once you beat a stage, you can write down the password and try from there. So this game oh. is beatable. I hate it yeah. already. I wish I played that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish we had played that game too, Vanessa. So thank you. Sorry, guys. I'm still I'm still with regrets. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This was my it fault. Is, the magic of game clubs we get to learn along the way. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, the... the yeah, the gift is that I get to spend like three or four hours researching video games, which I enjoy, and then having to play them sometimes is not what I enjoy. <laughs> Only we would find a way to make the fun show also a miserable experience. <laughs> this was supposed Should to be the break. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh, well, uh, Jason, your answer is the SNES version, correct? It's, uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my um, in my clearing of a, of some of my collection a few years ago, the Aladdin for the Genesis version did not make the cut. That is that is at somebody else's place now. Okay. Uh, so in that case, we'll uh, close it out here with uh, any final thoughts we may have, and also a sort of like. Would you recommend this game? Why or why not? Kind of situation, or and who and if so, who or who would you recommend this to? Vanessa, final thoughts, recommendations, anything out there? Um, Outside of your two co-hosts, I'm gonna make Jim play it because he was like, "These are the games of my youth." And like Jim, you were already like in college. (laughs) So I'm gonna make him play it anyway, so he can just shut up about the the bats. (laughs) He's gonna hate it. (laughs) But no, I would not recommend it to a friend. No. Just your husband. Just my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Who's not your friend, obviously. I just like to antagonize him sometimes to keep him in his place. <laughs> Jeez. That's quite a healthy relationship there. Filled with love. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I guess me, no. I, I I want to support like video game history, preservation, uh, just the like information you can get from stuff like digital eclipse, from people like M2. But this is one that I feel like just I, I can't recommend this even at even if it was like fifteen dollars. I don't know that I would have recommended this. There's a lot of content in here, and I appreciate how much content it is in this game. But as far as games themselves, I don't find it fun. As a fifteen dollar like museum piece, maybe. But as a thirty dollar game that you want to play, that if you're not interested in like the historical aspects of this of these two games, I can't recommend or four games however many versions of this we ended up deciding this is like 95 games of this yeah <laughs> yeah i, I really i really can't yeah i can't recommend this collection very very well yeah john how about yourself i was tr- i was trying to think of like who this is really for because mm-hmm. i mean these are like not only the some of the finest disney movies ever made just some of the finest animated movies ever made um so they're and these games are beloved in like sort of like by proxy because of how popular Lion King and Aladdin are as, right. as films. Uh, and I'm like you, and that I do like the preservation aspect of it, but I mean, if you really, like if you grew up with these, grew up with these and you're like just dying to try them again, even at, at $30, I wouldn't, I couldn't recommend it. But I, I mean, for 15, I know Jason said no. I think just the sh- sheer amount of stuff in here, I think is probably worth 15 bucks to someone. I do think it's gonna, destroy your rose tinted glasses pretty fast but uh mm-hmm. i think the aladdin stuff is really interesting um they they touched a lot on the animation and the sound they really don't talk about uh gameplay design decisions i wonder why can't understand but, why. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> uh I, that was my dis- most disappointed part because i love that's stuff i love I like why uh, decisions behind mechanics and why they decided to do this versus that i would have liked more of that personally uh but uh, it's also hard because I feel like they really, really skimped on the Lion King stuff. So I just, I, I think I'm with you guys that I'm going to say no. Maybe if they had combined this with that, if they combined it with that afternoon collection and some sort of like pack you could get, then I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, there's good games in that collection. And then you have just this good bonus content in this collection to go along to, to, to add on top of that. So, yeah. But just these two, I'm going to also say no. <laughs> And with that, 
positive note. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do it for our Game Club episode, unless any of you guys have uh, some some final things to add on Aladdin. I've got one more final Mike. thing to add. Yes, what uh, is it? When it's on sale on the Switch, it's only $17. <laughs> Thanks, Ness. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, if it was thirty dollars, I also wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> Wonder why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knowing what I know at seventeen dollars, I don't think I would have bought this. Like I said, as far as the historical stuff goes, I'm really impressed with how much work goes into this. And again, I I know it's not hundred percent him, but I know a lot of that is Frank Cifaldi's doing because that man is just he wants everything. He wants advertisements, uh, design documents, like, even just like advertisement documents, you know, talking about what they're going to do. Like he, he feels like every aspect of a game is important as to how it ended up being the way it ended up being. And then the context for which people are going to play this thing. As far as like, I, I do want to throw in like, I don't know who this collection would be for, because as far as like the museum and the historical stuff goes, like this is right up my alley. I mean, the amount of work that went into this, the different iterations of the games that they put in here is perfectly what I would want from something like this, except these games are not something I'm interested in because they don't play very well. Yeah. And I I feel bad saying that because, again, this is a a monumental piece of like work just collecting video game history and putting it out there to be available to play but at even like i said even 15 dollars, i i have a hard time recommending this because you can get like the Mega Man legacy collection for like 20 25 dollars and that gives you eight Mega Man games you can get you know the disney afternoon collection which has ducktales one and two um darkwing duck chippendale one and two and tailspin and oh that sounds great <laughs> Yeah, it's much better. It is much, much, <laughs> it better. Is much better. We should have played that yes. one. <laughs> yeah, we should have, we should have Jerk. <laughs> why, Jerk. Did, why didn't someone stop me when I recommended this and say, did you know that there's a Chippendale Darkwing Duck version available? Well, I, I had never played these, so I was like, oh, it'll be fun, Game Club. I was just kind of along... I was just kind of along for the ride, so I'm just like, okay, yeah, let's do it. As, as, someone, as someone who likes to, you know, touch every part of video game history, I appreciate it. Actually, I appreciate having having knowledge, personal knowledge in these. Now, I do appreciate that aspect of this process we went through. But uh, now I can definitively yeah. say these games are not good. Yeah, yeah, we can, uh, we can, you know, just check that check that off the list and say let's move on with our lives. See, here's the thing with the game club, like me doing it the way I was doing it for so long. It was a little too much work for me. I couldn't possibly maintain that and keep the podcast going at any sort of regular clip. Doing it this way, I think, is going to work out pretty well. It also means occasionally we're going to play some stinkers. Yes, like, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I think it's, I think it'll, uh, you know, it's good to mix it up. Yeah. I, yeah. It'll also allow us to play things like this. <laughs> so, collection. That we might not otherwise yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I probably would have probably actually. For good it. reasons. Um, I wouldn't have finished this uh, bunch of games if. Um, if not for you guys in this great podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> yeah, that was I would have never t- I would have never played these if not for this podcast. So because I, I had enough experience with them that I knew probably coming back to them isn't gonna be that fun. And it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed the historical aspect of it anyway. I got something out of this and that was just I learned a lot about these games and the, like yeah. Eh, other than that, yeah, I kind of feel like this was a uh, a, a swing and a miss. Yeah, I did feel really nice. I did feel really nice about watching all those like happy developers in Aladdin talk about how proud they are. Like that was cute. They were very proud of this game, uh, which you know, good on them. This game sold gangbusters, and they made it in 
just over three months. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. And they got to go to Disney. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, go yeah. hang out with the Imagineers. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Uh, game design, the, the designers, the game designers themselves didn't seem too proud of it because they weren't on the documentary. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, as I mentioned, um, you know, uh, his last name now but uh you know the doug guy the perry producer there doug perry? doug perry yeah doug perry he he's out of the industry now so yeah. i imagine he's probably a little bit harder to get a hold of and um westwood has uh, since been scattered to the four winds after uh they didn't do so well uh with multiple projects and they they've been shuttered so i imagine a lot of these people are a little bit harder to track down perry was on, perry's in the documentary him and Tellerico are together they uh, oh perry's in there okay. yeah, okay. yeah See, yeah i, I, I do these. recommend the aladdin stuff it's quite good okay <laughs> okay uh, it's the best part of the whole the whole package is the Aladdin um, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> also, there's some cool like art stuff. They uh, add in like little they add in like notes to disc- talk about why they did certain things and why this art didn't make it in versus why it did stuff like that, which is cool. But uh, other than that, I think it's time to close this one out, guys. Uh, I can try my hand at it, Jason, if you want me to, or if you uh, have it just memorized, seared into your skull, how we close these shows out, uh, you can you can go for it as well. Uh, you know what? Why don't you why don't you, why don't you go ahead? I, I have to close out three other podcasts. Why don't I let you take a swing at this one too? <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, please, if you uh, we do many podcasts at Kira Games of Junk, and uh, we also have a Patreon. And if you would be so kind, if you are fans of us, to go to that Patreon, chip in a little bit of money. Uh, it would do wonders for Jason's sanity, and uh, it's it just it, it gets you stuff as well. Uh, we get you get a higher quality uh, version of the podcast audio for all podcasts. You get bonus uh, segments in certain podcasts. I don't know if we're doing for this one, honestly. I <laughs> uh, um, uh, haven't talked about that, I guess. But uh, and I should have on the show. And uh, at higher tiers, you can even uh, recommend what games you want to play for game. Want us to play for Game Club, uh, which is a fun feature that you should uh, take advantage of. So, uh, other than that, or uh, you can follow Games and Junk itself at Games and Junk. You can follow myself at John Lucero seven seven seven. You can follow Jason at Jason Ariola, and you can follow Vanessa at Vicarious Rock all on Twitter. Have I forgotten anything, Jason? Uh, we do have to shout out to a few people. Oh, yes. Uh, shout outs to... Would you like me to do that? <laughs> uh, yes, just so in case I forget anyone. I was... Yeah, and it's probably awkward to do it for yourself, yeah. too. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at the $5 tier, you get a shout out on, the, on all of the shows we do as a thank you for supporting the show, all the other shows we do, all three. Oh, God, all three other shows. Holy God, I four podcasts. Anyway, um, so for that, I want to shout out to Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, and you two for supporting this uh, endeavor we continue to put ourselves through. Yes, uh, I enjoy it. That's all that counts. I enjoyed the research for this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy having so a safe space, safe space to vent about games. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so do we want to actually talk about what we're going to do next? Uh, have we, or do we want to Have we that? super nailed it down? I feel, like, I feel like it was a little up in the air at the end but i say we should just save it we will have an episode okay. out in october for for uh spooky times <laughs> halloween times so that that we will have an episode out next month uh, we have narrowed it down we most likely have a choice but that'll be a surprise so there we go other than that if you have nothing else to add i gotta find a way to end this thing let's see uh Welcome to my nightmare. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's end this nightmare. Bye, everyone. <laughs> How about from now on? From the Merry Band of Dipshits. From the Merry Band of Dipshits, let's end this nightmare.